Good morning. Look at somebody that smiled this morning. Can we give the children a good hand? And Pastor Daryl, thank you, and Pastor Pam and Daryl and the Children's Board for all their work this morning. Thank God for young people. And um, the Bible says to train them up in the way that they should go. And when they're old, they will not depart from it. So thank you, parents and grandparents who are bringing these children to the house of the Lord, raising them up, teaching them about God. It's the most important thing, isn't it? Most important thing is to serve the Lord and to pass it on to our children, our grandchildren for generations to come, that they might know that Emmanuel, God with us, Christ has, has come. It's good to be here this morning. Good to see you in the house of the Lord today. All of our guests, we welcome you and we thank you for coming. We encourage you to fill out a Connect card and go over to the Connect room just outside these doors. And we have a gift for you and we'd like to connect with you and uh, share about our church. And if you need a home church, and you know what? Everybody needs a home church. Amen? Amen. And uh, we would just be, I'll say it this way, tickled pink to have you. As part of our church, and we will do everything we can to love you and minister to you, and we thank God for you being here this morning. And everyone, I see some, some folks who have been sick and unable to be here, and they're in the house of the Lord today. It's good to see you, each one of you, and uh, thank you for coming to God's house, and Merry Christmas. Amen. Merry Christmas. I was excited this week as I was trying to do some shopping, uh, not that I do a lot of shopping, but uh, trying to get my wife a few things, and uh, Leah went with me. I recruited her to help me, and uh, we got a few things for the other children. And I was surprised that a lot of people, as I was checking out at places, said to me, Merry Christmas. You know, happy holidays is okay, but Merry Christmas is even better, isn't it? <laughs> Merry Christmas. So I was happy that many people said to me, Merry Christmas. Christmas, because Christ is the reason for the season for Christmas. Would you turn with me in your Bibles to Luke chapter 2, beginning at verse 8. I will be mindful of the time this morning, and for me that usually means absolutely nothing. <laughs> I was going to say, you know I never preach a long sermon, but uh, you know better than that by now, don't you? But I want to I preach this morning about the lessons of the shepherds, the lessons of the shepherds. And as you're turning in your Bible there to Luke chapter 2, starting at verse 8, just, just kind of hold there and we'll get to that passage and work our, our way through about the story of the shepherds today. But I had a question for you to think about. Have you ever played hide and seek? Hide and seek. Now, I have a, a little one, Aaliyah. You saw her in the program just now. And one of her favorite things to do is to hide. In fact, this morning I was running very late, getting, uh, from my standards, of getting over to here. And I was trying to find Aaliyah. And she had hidden. She loves to hide. Before we moved from our house in Radford, I would, I would go down the stairs to the main level and I would hear little pitter-patter. And she had a little chair that she would run and hide behind. Now, she was younger then, and she had one hiding spot, so it's easier to find her. But now she can be quite the hidden Aaliyah to try to find. But have you ever played hide and seek? When we hide ourselves or when we hide something, we keep it out of sight. We conceal it from the view of 
of others, but we never really hide from God. We may hide from others, but we never hide from God. And in fact, we don't hide from God. Here's the good news about that, because God is seeking each one of us. You see, we don't serve a God who is trying to hide himself, but he is seeking us. And let me talk about that this morning. As we see in this passage, the birth of, of Christ and, and the, the days leading up and the months that were leading up to that, as God began to speak again to mankind. If you study that out, we see, let me just say it this way, from the Old Testament times until the Gospels in the New Testament, we see about a 400-year silence on the part of God. And can you imagine that generations were born and died, but there was no revelation from God, no speaking from God. God had been silent for 400 years. But now in the fullness of time, God begins to reveal his true nature to all mankind, to all humanity. And what is that true nature? God's true nature is that he wants to seek us out in love and find us. Right? Where we are. It started even before the foundations of the world. If you look in Colossians 1, 26 and 27. It says the mystery which has been hidden from ages and from generations. But now has been revealed to his saints. To them God willed to make known. What are the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, among me and you, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. 1 Peter 1, 20 and 21, again, it goes back to even the before time as we know it began and this earth began, God had already planned to send his son to seek us out. He indeed was foreordained, he being Jesus. Jesus was foreordained. Before the foundation of the world. But was manifest in these last times. He came in the flesh for us. He, he appeared for us in these last times. So that who through him believe in God. Who raised him from the dead and gave him glory. So that your faith and hope are in God. Adam and Eve at the beginning of time. The first created couple sinned. But we see that God very quickly came looking for them, walking in the cool of the day and looking for Adam and Eve. But they were ashamed because they had sinned and they were playing, I guess, if you will, hide and seek. They had hidden themselves from God. But God very quickly clothed them. And that's a beautiful picture of how God even then was looking to clothe us and to cover our sins, if you will, and bring us into a relationship with him. You see, God is always seeking the lost and God is always seeking out the sinner and he's seeking you and he's seeking me. The entirety of the Old Testament is pointing to the coming of Messiah. Who is Messiah? Jesus Christ. The entirety of the whole test, Old Testament is pointing to the time when one day God would send his son to redeem mankind. You see, God is always seeking humanity. God is always seeking out the sinner. In fact, Genesis 3.15 gives us the very first prophecy 
Just really probably moments after man had sinned and failed, God prophesies that Jesus is going to come. He says, and I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. Who is that he? Christ Jesus is going to come and crush the devil and the plan of Satan against our lives. So today's passage is about the beautiful story of God communicating the glorious gospel that hope has come and peace has come and life has come through Jesus Christ. And he came to a place called Bethlehem and to a people who were shepherds. My first point this morning that I want to make is that the place doesn't matter. David Jeremiah said when Jesus was born in Bethlehem, deity invaded humanity. And eternity invaded time. And royalty invaded poverty. And it all happened in a place called Bethlehem. I have a question for you this morning. Don't answer it out loud, but where were you born? Now, I was born in a place called Princeton, West Virginia. And we all know the West Virginia jokes. But I want to tell you, my parents quickly got me back across the border to Virginia where I was raised. <laughs> but where were you born? Was it a humble site? Or was it a place of high prestige? I want to tell us this morning, the place doesn't matter. The place where we live, it may be a nice mansion or, or a nice uh, two-story or it could be something else. But it doesn't matter the place of life where we are. Christ came to us. And I believe it was designed. In fact, I know it was designed that he would come to a little place. And be born in a manger, in a stable, in a little place called Bethlehem. Bethlehem, which was really the least of all the cities. Micah 5, 2, the prophet prophesied many, many years before the birth of Christ. And he said, but you Bethlehem, Ephratah, though you are little among the thousands of Judah. Little, yet out of you shall come forth to me the one, who is he talking about? Christ, the Christ to be ruler in Israel, whose going forth are from old and from everlasting. You see, the place doesn't matter. God designed it from the beginning that his son would be born in one of the least of cities, Bethlehem. And this birth happened for the entire world. Let me read to you quickly. If we can look at John. Just, just hold. We're going to come to Luke. I told you to turn there. We're, go, we're coming there. You're saying, Pastor, are we going to get to Luke? Yeah, we're going to Luke. But let me just read you a couple more scriptures. John verse 1, beginning 1 through 4. In the beginning was the Word. And when you see that, they're talking, he's talking about Jesus. In the beginning was Jesus. And the word was with God. Jesus was with God. And the word was God. Jesus was God. And he was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him and without him nothing was made that was made. In him was life and the life was the light of men. Same passage just jumping to verse 14. And the word, or I could say Christ. And Christ, who was God with God all the way from the beginning with God, Christ became flesh and he dwelt among us. And we beheld his 
glory. The glory as of the only begotten of the Father. Full of grace and truth. John bore witness of him. Of witness of Jesus. And cried out saying. This was he of whom I said. He who comes after me is preferred before me. For he was before me. And of his fullness we have all received. And grace for grace. For the law was given through Moses. Old Testament law was given through Moses. But grace And truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has seen God at any time. But the only begotten Son who is in the bosom of the Father. He has declared Him. My point is this. This God in the flesh. God's Son, Jesus Christ. Appeared in Bethlehem. An humble city. The least of all cities. But I want to remind us this morning, he will arrive exactly where you and I find ourselves. He will seek us out. God did not send his son to play hide and seek. He sent his son to seek and to save all of us. Whatever place you find yourself in, I promise you, if you want a relationship with Jesus Christ, he will be there to find you. So the place doesn't matter, but also the position doesn't matter. Now let's look at our text. Luke chapter 2, starting at 8. As the angel, and then later the angels, appear to the shepherds in the field. Verse 8. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, or lo, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid, or they were greatly afraid. I'm telling you, if I were out in the field watching sheep and angels appeared to me, I'd be a little afraid too. How about you this morning? But there they were, and the angel appeared unto the shepherds. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring to you good tidings. Of great joy which shall be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You shall find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying glory to God in the highest and on earth peace. Goodwill toward men. One of the greatest announcements in history. And it came to a group called the shepherds. The shepherds. Who were the shepherds? They were the least, if you will, in society. You know that shepherds were considered unclean because they had to make transactions with the Gentiles. And so the shepherds were in a low position in life. They were considered unclean in life. They couldn't worship in the temple with everybody else in life. They couldn't testify in court. The shepherds were not considered to be reliable, so they couldn't testify in court. So religiously they were excluded, politically they were excluded, and there they are in the fields, the least in society. But who did God decide to make the announcement of the birth of Christ? The shepherds. I want to ask us a question this morning. Have you ever been labeled? 
Now, I've been labeled, I've gone to conferences before, and, and before I get my cup of juice and my donut, or two or three donuts, and go to sit down, <laughs> there'll be labels, name tags, and you're supposed to write your name on there. And depending on how well I want them to know who I am depends on how neat I write on the name tag. You know, because I can write Greg really messy and they won't know really who I am. But I've had that in name tag and label it and put on that label and that, hello, my name is Joe or whatever, right? Got my donuts and my coffee, juice. But have you ever been labeled? Not talking about just a name tag we might put on in a conference, but have, have you ever been labeled in life? Some people go through elementary school and they're labeled. That's the, that's the this family or that's the that family. Or, or they go through high school and they're labeled as, as something. Or somebody makes one mistake or a series of mistakes and people will label them for the rest of their lives. But I'm here to tell us this morning that our position to God does not matter. It does not cause him to step back from us. In fact, it causes him to pursue us even greater. The position, the label does not stop a merciful God. And so God looked down and saw the shepherds in the field. He didn't care what position they were in. It didn't matter what wrong they had done. It didn't matter to God, but his mercy extended to the shepherds. What are you saying, pastor? I'm saying to you that it does not matter what position we have found ourselves in. We are still savable. We are still findable. And this God who sent his son, Jesus Christ, to the shepherds sends his son to you and I today. That is the hope and the mercy of this glorious gospel of Jesus Christ. The position doesn't matter. One more point I want to make this morning. Not the, the place doesn't matter. The Bethlehem that was the least of these. The position doesn't matter. The shepherds who were the lowest of these. But now I want to preach about something that we can control more. And that's this. The, the pride shouldn't matter. The pride shouldn't matter. What is pride? Pride is preferring Self-will instead of God's will. Pride could have stopped the shepherds from responding to the announcement in the field that day. You see, God sent his son and his son was born, laid in the manger in Bethlehem. The angel and then angels appeared to the shepherds in the fields and they announced all of this. But the shepherds had a decision as to whether they were going to respond to all of this. You and I, this morning, have been created with free will. God does not make us do anything. God does not make us even accept this free gift of salvation through Jesus Christ. God doesn't make us. He draws us. He seeks us. He loves us. He, he yearns to establish relationship with us. But we, as an individual, I as an individual, we must make the decision, will we accept him 
or where we would reject him and walk away. And I believe the shepherds, no one forced the shepherds to respond that night. But the Bible said they went and they made haste to find this babe that was, was laid in the, in the manger. And I, I want to tell all of us this morning, none of this has changed. Jesus Christ, who was born some 2,000 years ago, he is still the Savior of the world. He is still the only way to God. He is still our only hope of salvation, Jesus Christ. That has not changed. And the other good news, a part of that, is his invitation to us that says, come and be saved. Come and find relationship with me. That has not changed. So I ask us this morning, what's our response? Do we go like the shepherds or do we turn our back on him? You see, pride shouldn't matter. What are you talking about, pride? If we aren't careful, we can say we're too good. To respond. And if we aren't careful. We can say we're too bad. To respond. Both of those are forms of pride. Some say. I, I, I'm too far gone. I have lived too much of my life. Apart from God. I have made too many failures. And God couldn't love me. God wouldn't love me. Yes he does. None of that matters. In terms of receiving his free gift. Some over here say. Well I just believe that because I'm a good moral person. I'm not hurting anybody. I haven't hurt anybody. I, have, I live better than some Christians. So I don't need this gift of salvation through Jesus Christ. But can I tell you that the Bible teaches us. That every single one of us need salvation through Jesus Christ. It's not about how good you are. It's not about how bad you are. It is about have you received the gift of the Son of the living God. And I promise you this on the authority of God's word this morning. There is no other plan of salvation. There is no other way to God but through Jesus Christ. He's paved the way. He's made the way. He sent his son. He planned it from the very beginning of time. And he extends it now even until the ending of, of our time. Let's read about the shepherds a little, just a little bit further. Luke 2 verse 15. So it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven. That the shepherds said to one another. Let us now go to Bethlehem. And see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste, and they found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Now when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherd. I believe that that encounter with Jesus Christ changed those old boys' lives. And I believe, here's what I believe this morning. When we encounter Christ and we ask him to come into our hearts and into our lives, a change will come in our lives. And those bad habits start going away those sins, instead of increasing, start decreasing. We start becoming more and more like Christ. 
and a change comes. And I ask us this morning, has that change come in our lives? Do we know Jesus Christ? Have we allowed him to come in? And then is he changing us day by day to be more like him? You see, before coming to know Christ, it doesn't matter the badness, the the bad to the bone. But after coming to Christ, old things pass away. And behold, all things become new. And our life begins to change and we begin to grow in grace. We begin to grow in godliness and holiness and goodness and righteousness. And it's a beautiful conversion that can happen in our lives. I have known people before, one lady in particular that I think of from many years ago. A godly, good lady. Perfect example. Went to our church there in Christiansburg. But to hear hear her tell of her life some 30 years before, it was a totally different person. I would have never guessed it. What happened? Jesus Christ came into her heart and into her life. Will he change your life if you let him? He will. Can I serve him? Yes, you can. If you let him and if you want to. I say don't let pride get in the way this morning. Don't say I'm too good. Don't say I'm too bad. But say, here I am, Lord. I want you in my life. I need you in my life. And I want to serve you and live for you. That's the greatest thing that could ever happen at Christmas. Christmas miracle. It's so much better, girls, than that Hallmark special ending. You knew I was going to get that in there somewhere. But this is real. The change that can come through Jesus Christ. Two final verses this morning as we close out. Let's look at verse 19 and 20. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. What's it mean to ponder? It means to think about something carefully. Sometimes I wonder, do we ponder more of what clothes we're going to put on each morning or do we ponder more about God and the things of God? Do we put more thought into the gifts that we're going to buy to put under the tree and, and maybe we need to be pondering about the gift that God gave to us? But Mary pondered all these things and thought about them in her heart. Then the angel, excuse me, then the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told them. I like that, as it was told them. I want to tell you that everything that I have preached to you from the word of God this morning is as I have told you because it's God's message. It's not mine, it's his And I promise you that we come into a relationship with Jesus Christ, we can turn around and go as the shepherds did, glorifying and praising God. What's it mean to glorify? It means to elevate. I want to challenge every one of us this morning as I'm coming to a conclusion here. A lesson from these shepherds is that we need to elevate God in our lives. May we elevate his position in our hearts and in our lives. May we elevate him to number one. Number one. 
because he is God and there is none beside him. Our response this morning is to accept Jesus Christ into our heart and life. Our response this morning for those who already know Christ is to reaffirm he is my Lord, he is my Savior, and there is no other. And that results in a heart change. Everybody say heart. And it results in a lifestyle change. That's our response. I was talking about hiding and seeking as we started this sermon. I want to tell you this morning, God isn't hiding. God is seeking. Then I want to say this next lesson from the lives of the shepherds. Don't hide while God is seeking. Don't hide while God is seeking. Don't let my place in life hinder me from knowing God. Don't let my position or my label hinder me from knowing God. Don't let my pride prevent my response to knowing God. Where were you born? Where were you born again? Where were you labeled? But where were you when he made you a new creature in Christ Jesus? I'm not too good. I'm not too bad. I'm going to lay my pride aside. And I'm going to accept this gift of Jesus Christ. Would you bow your heads with me this morning? Nelson, would you be able to hit a C chord on a guitar this morning? Let's, let's pray together this morning. I want to ask you as I close this service out today, as we do so many times, can you get Zane? Can you get Zane for me? As we do so many times, I want to ask you to search your heart as an individual. It's a group of people here this morning and different ones all throughout the sanctuary today, but when it comes down to our relationship with God through Jesus Christ, it is an individual thing. I know I do this quite often, but it's very, very, very important. And I want to ask you today, do you know Jesus as your Lord and your Savior? Has He come into your life? Has He forgiven your sins? If not, today is the day to make that right. And in fact, I'm going to ask you to do that right where you're sitting this morning. I'm going to ask you that before we dismiss and go down and have cookies and punch and and Christmas cards and all the wonderful things that are coming in the days and weeks to come. But I want to ask you this morning, right where you're sitting, if you don't know Jesus Christ, would you ask him to come into your heart? Would you ask him to save your soul? Would you say, Lord, I want to commit my life to you. I want to serve you. You say, Pastor... I don't know where I stand with God. I want to say it with love this morning. If if that is how you feel, then I believe you just need to make it right with God. Because we can know. We can know. We can know. Do you know him this morning? Lord, we just thank you all over this building. Lord, we just praise you this morning for Each one that's here today, we thank you, Lord, for the gift of Jesus Christ who came in a little town called Bethlehem, who lived and died on the cross and rose again on the third day. And Lord, we know there is salvation through Jesus Christ and him alone. 
And so, Lord, I ask you this morning that any of us that are here bowed reverently before you this morning, if there are any who don't know you as their personal Lord and Savior, I pray that they would accept the gift of salvation right here and right now. For all of us that already know you, we thank you for that gift. And we ask you to help us to put you first. Let us elevate you. Let us glorify you in our lives and in how we live our lives. We thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Would you help me do something this morning? This young man has been pretty sick. Having some asthma problems and different things. And... uh, His mama sent a message last night. She said, can the church pray for Zane today? I want to tell you, absolutely we can pray for Zane today. We'll pray for you every day. Would you stretch your hands towards this child this morning? I still believe that Jesus Christ is a healer. And so we're just going to ask the Lord to touch Zane this morning. Lord, we're just going to ask you this morning. As we pray together, Lord, that you would heal this little body. Lord, you know what's been going on and you know the struggle he's been having and the sickness that has come against him. But Lord, you sent Jesus Christ as our healer. He's our savior, but he's also our healer. And this morning, Lord, as the the church, we just agree together. Lord, we know you are a healer. We agree together in faith. We agree together in love and unity. We stand upon your word. And Lord, we pray for healing to come. Lord, in your way, in your time, in your your power, Lord, bring it about. Whether it comes through the doctors or whether it comes supernaturally or progressively. But Lord, we are believing for healing to come from you. Because you're our healer. You rose again with healing in your wings, the Bible says. So, Lord, we just believe it. We call it done in the name of Jesus. Wrap your arm around this young man and his family and use him for the glory of your kingdom. And raise him up that he would be a great blessing to the body of Christ and those around him. Keep a hedge of protection around him. In fact, Lord, we just pray this morning over every young person that is in that are on these grounds this morning. That we saw upon this stage and upon these pews and upon the video screens this morning. Lord, put your hand upon our children and protect them and guide them and keep them from the evil one. And raise up every one of them to serve you and to live for you and to fulfill the purpose that you have for them. In Jesus' name, amen amen. Can we give Zane a good hand this morning?